Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Good morning. It is Tuesday, February 21st. It is five minutes after 10. His name is Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. Thank you so much for listening. You can join us on YouTube if you'd like to watch. Just type in Kendall and Casey, WIBC, into the YouTube search bar. And of course, you can also pick up the Kendall and Casey playlist on Spotify. Just type in Kendall and Casey, and all of that music will pop up for you. Okay, so we start this hour by talking about Meghan Markle and Prince Harry, because we need a laugh. Why not? They've rallied their lawyers to go after South Park because clearly they can't take a joke. So South Park has featured characters based on the perpetually victimized duo, and the lawyers are now casting an eye over the episodes that featured the pair. There are a few things that would be a higher honor in entertainment than to have yourself appear on an episode of South Park. Yeah. Right? How cool would that be to see yourself on an episode of South Park? Now... Most of these Hollywood people have the sense of humor of that wall over there that I'm looking at. So, of course, they don't get it. And they, instead of doing like the common sense thing, which would be, why are we being spoofed on South Park? Mm-hmm. Maybe I should do some self-reflection about how many in society view me and why that is. The response from these two people who were born with a broom stuck up their backside mm-hmm. is, we're going to get our lawyers involved. Right. Stick the lawyers on them. Now, yeah. okay. So, I want to play. This is... This this is so funny, and I don't have uh, I don't have cable, so I don't get South Park anymore. But as someone who was once an avid South Park fan, mm-hmm. I love that at least someone will stand up to these two horrific, wretched, awful people. <laughs> and here is a part of I guess this is the new episode mm-hmm. that features Harry and Meghan on it. They're on some sort of TV show. It's a uh, it's supposed to be like Good Morning yes, Canada. Yes, and uh, it speaks for itself. Go. Toronto, it's good morning, Canada. (laughs) It has been several months now since our beloved queen has died. All Canadians are finding it hard to go on. All Canadians, that is, except for our first guest, the prince and his wife. We We want privacy! We want privacy! (laughs) Thanks for having us on the show. It's so awesome to be here, it's great. So, let me start with you, sir. You've lived a life with the royal family. You've had everything handed to you, but you say your life has been hard, and now you've written all about it in your new book, Wee. Wee. Yes, that's right, friend. You see, my wife and I are totally like, you should write a book because your family like stupid, and then so are like journalists. So, you hate journalists. That's right. And now you wrote a book that reports on the lives of the royal family. Right. So, you're a journalist. We just want to be normal people. This attention is so hard. Isn't it true, sir, that your questionable wife has her own TV show and hangs out with celebrities and does fashion magazines? What are you suggesting? Well, I just think some people might say that your Instagram-loving wife actually doesn't want her privacy. How dare you, sir? My Instagram-loving wife has always wanted her privacy. And you know what else? To hell with Canada. We are leaving. We'll go find some quiet place where we can be normal people. Come on, wife. We want privacy. We want privacy. We want privacy. Good job, Kev. Kev did that on the fly. That was excellent. He got some nice beeps in there. Okay, so demanding privacy while simultaneously signing deals to share your personal lives with Netflix and Spotify and write a book. Talk about hypocrisy, right? Well, and they hit it right out of the gate, right? Which is that they, as a collective, because obviously she's tied in with him, Mm -hmm. were born Mm -hmm. 
not only a third base, you were born rounding third and heading for home, right? I mean, he's had to work for nothing and everything was given to him. And then for him to act like he's so offended by the royal family, mm-hmm. that is why, you know, he's not working at a Wendy's somewhere. Uh, it's These people are completely ridiculous. And the media, for some reason, just fawns over these people. And it's gross. And good job on South Park. Uh, no publicity is bad publicity, right? But not in their eyes. We want privacy. We want privacy. (laughs) It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Let's talk about something that the Biden administration is doing. They're ready to sign a legally binding agreement with the World Health Organization. And it would permit the authority of the World Health Organization to dictate U.S. policies during a pandemic. So basically what Biden is going to do, and why wouldn't he? I mean, the World Health Organization did such a phenomenal job handling COVID. Mm. And, you know, I mean, if somebody does a great job, and by great, I mean, like the worst job imaginable, then why wouldn't you want to reward them? Is basically saying the next time there is a public health emergency, mm-hmm. whatever that is, I don't know who gets to define that or not, uh, the World Health Organization will essentially dictate to America the policies and procedures it will use during said health emergency. And so basically what Biden is admitting is everything that Trump said is true, that Biden and the Democrats want to hand American sovereignty and American independence over to other entities. They want to create a one world government and it is happening right in front of our eyes, Casey. Yeah. Okay. So if a health emergency is declared, everybody who signs this agreement would have to submit to the authority of the World Health Organization. (laughs) I mean, they could decide what is a health emergency? They're putting in place surveillance mechanisms. They could declare a medical police state. They could issue orders that could go all the way down to your primary care physician. And the real, I mean, obviously this is a real, handing over American sovereignty is a huge issue. And again, if you doubt that Biden shares the view of Eric Holcomb and Klaus Schwab and George Soros on this one world government stuff, then, you know, here it is. I mean, there's no there's no doubt about it whatsoever. Um, but the real scary thing is, I mean, theoretically, America, and this was the brilliance of our of the people who put the country together, created a, 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 a never-ending check and balance, which is states' rights and the freedom of the states to do as they see fit. So mm-hmm. you could say whatever you want. And as we saw in Florida, Florida just said, we're, we're opting out of your, your bull crap and not going along with it. The problem is that in places like Indiana, the governor just did whatever he wanted to do. And the state legislature said, thank you, sir, may I have another. And to this day, I mean, do you realize, Casey, to this day, the state legislature has not done a single damn thing that would stop Eric Holcomb from doing the exact same thing he did in 2020. There is no law on the books passed by the Republican supermajorities that would prevent Eric Holcomb from doing the exact same thing Mm -hmm. he did in 2020. And I remember, I am old enough to remember in 2020, when all those Republicans who were up for re-election saying, send us back there, we're going to show him who's boss. The only thing they did was they passed a piece of legislation that was so poorly written, it was like Lionel Hutz from The Simpsons had wrote it, and it died a swift and rightful death in court because they didn't, they wanted it to fail. And so the point is on all this, 
There is no check and balance. Here in Indiana, we have no, no check and balance, nothing to stop the World Health Organization from completely taking over mm-hmm. uh, our state mm-hmm. in the, during the next, air quote, pandemic. If Biden signs this, the World Health Organization can regulate things like lockdowns, vaccine mandates, global supply chains. They can monitor us. Okay, so can Biden sign something like this and bind the U.S. into this without Senate approval? Well, he's he's certainly going to try, and the problem is there will be enough people who will fight for it. And the other problem is you have a Democrat Senate, so he may be able to get Senate approval because... I'm not sure that when it comes to people like Murkowski or mm-hmm. Collins or Romney or Lindsey Graham, I mean, there's a whole bunch of those Republicans, if they need a 50th vote, mm-hmm. even if a mansion or a cinema. Think they'll roll over? Sure. I mean, I, there's a chance he'd get it. He'd get it anyway. Casey, I want to come back to something, though. Isn't it bizarre to be so subservient to another human being? Like, if you are the General Assembly in this state, and you have the power to do whatever you want and yet be so subservient mm-hmm. and afraid of another as a grown ass man to be subservient and so afraid of another man that this guy destroys lives like Holcomb did in 2020 destroys businesses destroys jobs destroys lives tries to put you in jail for not wearing a mask and they've done nothing Right. There's not. They haven't revoked any emergency powers. These people at 200 West Washington have done zero Mm -hmm. to ensure that doesn't happen again. You know, yesterday when uh, Hammer was joining us and his son was in here and his son was talking about needing to find a prom date. Uh And I jokingly said, oh, you should take my daughter. I think that's a great idea. Well, we got off the air and I said to Hammer, you know what? I just remembered. My daughter didn't go to her prom. And he was like, what? And I said, yeah, it was 2020. No prom, no spring break. And he said, oh, yeah, she didn't have a graduation, right? She didn't walk across the stage. Nope, no graduation. We watched her get her diploma on YouTube in the family room because the state of Indiana was locked down. No, no last day of school, no senior day, no senior skip day, none of that, because the governor of this state locked it down. And this is where it comes back to, to bring this full circle, because if you think Mike Braun or Suzanne Crouch or Eric Doden, who all in their own right are intricately, intricately wind wind is wind right where wound wound yeah yeah (laughs) wound (laughs) into the establishment right Mm -hmm. i mean doden can campaign however he wants he was the iedc guy under pence you don't get that by being an outsider right that doesn't go to outsiders mike braun he can outsider whatever he wants he's a career politician who's gone from school board to u.s senate you don't do that being an outsider when he was in the indiana general assembly he rolled over and played dead and voted for all those holcomb tax increases he's not an outsider suzanne crouch I don't need to say nothing about her and how she's been completely silent the past six years. So if you're thinking, if you're under some delusion as an Indiana Republican voter that because Holcomb's leaving, that anything's going to change in regards to how the executive branch is going to operate, which then underscores what we have talked about before with someone like Micah having an independent person run for lieutenant governor separate of a handpicked stooge by one of those three because this will happen again. Mm-hmm. And it will especially happen again 
if something like this with Biden and the World Health Organization gets enacted. Well, this World Health Organization, so last month the GOP introduced a no taxpayer funding for the World Health Organization Act. But if he does sign this thing, I just want to point out who the WHO regional director for the oh. Americas is. Mm-hmm. His name is Dr. Barbosa, and he led the task force for COVID-19 vaccinations Mm -hmm. in the Americas. He also launched the platform to expand production of mRNA vaccines. Uh, Dr. Barbosa, that's his name. Mm -hmm. Boy, he sure sounds like a Bond villain, doesn't he? (laughs) It's 17 minutes after 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It's after 10 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Trending this hour, Don Lemon. He's making his return to CNN this morning after training. <laughs> that was an email that came out from the CEO, Chris Lick, that said uh, he will return to work Wednesday after he receives formal training for his comments that he made about Nikki Haley. Also trending today, hey. Formal, wait, wait, wait. He's going to get formal training? He's going to get formal training. Hey, what, let's see. What this is this training on how not to be a jerk? Okay, so Don Lemon, he's got to be in his mid-50s, right? Don Lemon. What do you, what do you want to play? Prices, prices right? I'll say 55. I'm going to say 47. All right, 47, 55. Kev, what do you got? Uh, 40. No, wait, I'm going to go uh, 57. Uh, well, I'm right. It was 56. So, oh, Kev, okay. you, were, oh, wow. you, you were as far off as I was, but you lose because you, you went, went over. over. You went over. So, yeah. sorry. Uh, I win the showcase. So, you're telling me that a 56-year-old man is going to be taught mm-hmm. how to not be... A jerk? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're, the previous, previous 56 years, you didn't learn that. But, hey, with a week's worth of CNN training, uh-huh. you'll be fine. You'll be good. Uh, also trending this morning, it's Fat Tuesday, so oh. eat away. And finally, the Indiana Convention Center will host the National Rifle Association 23 meetings and exhibits. That's going to take place on April 14th through the 16th. And the exhibit hall will showcase over 14 acres of the latest guns and gear from companies and the industry. So Indy Star had jumped the gun and had claimed Trump was going to be there. Oh. And then I think they looked at... I've done this before, Casey. I'm just guessing what happened because that is not... No uh, people have been announced is my understanding. Mm-hmm. I think what they did is they jumped the gun and they saw the speaker list from last year and they thought it was this oh, and year. Republished and it? just like somebody was copying and pasting. So and we don't know who's going to no, be there speaking. Don't know yet, so okay, it, but it is taking place in April and registration is open now for members. Because I saw the story and I was like, wow, that's kind of a big deal. I'm surprised more people aren't talking about right. that. That Trump's going to be here. And then like nobody else was talking about it. And then now the Indies are, uh, here's the top of their uh, disclaimer on their story. Corrections and clarifications. Mm. This story and headline incorrectly reported who is appearing at the NRA's annual convention in Indianapolis. The NRA has not yet announced headline speakers on its website. Well, that's website. some gold star reporting there. <laughs> it is 23 minutes after 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So nearly 30% of all work happened at home in January. That's six times the rate of what took place in 2019. This is uh, especially happening in large cities, large urban areas, as uh, the nation's biggest cities their office buildings, well, they're sitting empty. Yeah, so The Hill has the article, and this is very interesting, and we've talked about this quite a bit at various times. 
really since the early days of COVID, Mm -hmm. which is when everybody thought it was, oh my gosh, it's a new frontier in work. And it's so great that these corporations are making it so that I don't have to go into work anymore. And hey, Sally, I may never come back to work again. Now, let me be very clear. And I will say this is someone who has a spouse who works from home a great deal. If you can get that, that's great on you. Mm -hmm. I mean, if that works for you and that's what you want, God bless you. You do whatever's best for you. The reality is, though, from an economics standpoint, and look, Mm -hmm. I get that each individual corporation is not responsible for the economics of a city. I get that they have no obligation to the city. Your job is to run your corporation to the best of your ability. And if that makes it better for you to attract people like my wife who value that Mm -hmm. and you can get better people, then go for it. But the reality is, in a major metropolitan city like Indianapolis, Mm -hmm. the rent charged in these buildings, and you know this, Casey, you've worked in many big cities, is based around foot traffic. Like how many people are in a, what they call it, a greater downtown area who could conceivably walk past your business on any given random Tuesday, mm-hmm. right? So if you're a restaurant, if you're a shop that sells items of, of, of some sort, you have paid and you have opted into or you have bought a building based on what is now still far off the traffic count of reality, right? So you mm-hmm. bought something that, and I don't know what the Indianapolis number is exactly, but at least worldwide or or nationwide, you've got 30% less traffic at your disposal in your average major metropolitan city than you did in 2019. Right. That's not a sustainable business model. And this is why so many big cities are in trouble. Mm -hmm. People are not coming back. Right. They're not going back downtown. So remote work is about the biggest change that the labor market's seen since World War II. It's affected the city structure. It affects the days of the week that people do different things in their lives, like play sports or go shopping. So it is affecting retail as well. The average worker saves about 70 minutes on daily commuting time by working from home. It's a great deal. If you as a worker can get that and you don't want or need to be around people in a social environment, you should absolutely do it. I was pondering that rolling into work today. I filled up my gas tank and of course I drive a golf cart. So it was like $28 (laughs) to fill the tank. I put $5 in it yesterday. So $33, that will last me a a full week through. But I was thinking, okay, so that's much cheaper for me than most people. And I was thinking, okay, $33 a week or 30, let's just put it in the middle, $30 a week times 52 weeks, that's $1,560 I would save Mm -hmm. if I didn't have to come to work on top of the wear and tear on the car. That's just in gas, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a huge benefit if you can get that as an employee. Well, you can't because we like seeing your face every day. So keep that in mind. I'm in my new contract going to negotiate a way out of here so that I don't have to see you people anymore. (laughs) Of those 70 minutes that people save commuting while they're working at home, this study said that about half of that extra time, guess what they're doing with it? So about 35 minutes. (laughs) Can you say it on the air? Yes, I can say it on the air. It's not dirty at all. Oh, okay. So about 35 minutes, they're working. So while they're saving commuting time, yeah. they're putting that back into their job. Well, I think about like a job like ours. Mm-hmm. Conceivably, because obviously Tony proves it every day. He's never here. 
we could do this job based on the day where there was that serious snowstorm and I mm -hmm. couldn't risk driving into work. <laughs> right. So I had to work from home. Yeah. Like we did the show fine. Yeah. Was it as convenient as us sitting here looking at each other? No, but there wasn't some noticeable difference. And so, I don't know where I was going with that, but I think I'm just pitching myself into my next contract <laughs> negotiation, trying to negotiate a couple days where I have to come into work. Well, about 55% of Americans can't work from home. You know you the thing! Include yourself in that number, Rob Kendall. About 13% of people work come on, man. You entirely know the thing. from home. If you ever need someone to fill in for you, I'm yeah, here. No, I felt great. I mean, seriously, <laughs> would do, you knew I wasn't here. Kev knew I wasn't here. We joked about me not mm -hmm. being here. Mm -hmm. But the, there's no way the average person... No, they knew. There's they, no way. They could tell. There's no they way. Knew, here's the, here, they knew. Next week, here's what we're going to do, Casey. We're going to play. <laughs> I'm going to work from home. We're going to play, is Rob here or not? And people okay. will have to guess and figure it out. <laughs> hey, we've got voicemails coming up. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Hey, Casey. Yes. Question. What? Really important question. Yeah. Answer honestly. Okay. Would you be upset if you lost $111,000? Yeah. Then check this out. 96% of Americans lose an average of $111,000 in Social Security income. And it's because they claim their benefits at the wrong time. But you could avoid this with a free Social Security analysis from Bill Demery right here in Indy. Ah, uh, Bill Demery. You've heard of him. He's been in Indy for years, and he knows Social Security like the back of his hand. And if you've saved at least $200,000 and have not filed for Social Security, schedule your free analysis. Call 317-932-9912. This free analysis shows you exactly where to file for Social Security so you can get every single cent out of those benefits that are rightfully yours. Call 317-932-9912. That's 317-932-9912. 317-684-8444. That's the phone number if you'd like to contribute with your questions, comments, smart remarks. It is time to hear from you with your voicemails. It's 1034 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. All right, we start with one of our favorite listeners, our old pal Gert. Gert's back! And one of the great things we have often pondered on this show is just... Well, just how old is Gert? Mm -hmm. And uh, Gert, willing to call, uh, share some Jimmy Carter memories to date herself. Okay. Uh, so, uh, unless Gert was seven when Jimmy Carter was in office, we're starting to get a little better fold, a uh, picture into the fold here of, mm -hmm. of how old Gert might be. Uh, take a listen. I'd say 99.99% of what you said was exactly the way it was. Uh, Carter was a lousy president, and people like Miss Lily, or whatever her name was, and uh, Belly Boy, and he's beer better than they liked him. However, he was a person that did a lot of good after he was out of office with his Habitat for Humanity, etc. And I also remember during his presidency that uh, his wife, Rosalind, or Rosalind, depending upon whom you talk to, sat in the White House and cried because it was cold. And that was because of we needed to lower our thermostats because of the gas mm -hmm. 
price and supply, etc. Anyway, you did reconfirm everything that I remembered. Does that give you a clue to how old I am? <laughs> Love you guys. Bye. Oh, Gert, you're so sassy. <laughs> So sassy. I remember Jimmy Carter as well. Yeah. And I did a book report. Uh, it was like a social studies were class. You co- were you in college? <laughs> Carter was president. Stop it. No, I was six. <laughs> but it was uh, when Jimmy Carter was president. Uh-huh. But in 1980, when Reagan was running, do you remember who the third party candidate was? No, because I wasn't alive. Exactly. So no idea, huh? No, who? Uh, there was a third party. Yes, there was, there was, there was a third party candidate. There was a third party candidate. You had Ronald Reagan, you had Jimmy Carter, and then you also had a guy named John Anderson. Oh, how'd that work out? Well, did you have one of his posters on your wall or something? No, <laughs> no, no. But I did have a Jimmy Carter button. Really? Yeah, yeah. I had to put it in the book report. Oh, yeah. Interesting. It's yeah. so funny because uh, there's a King of the Hill episode where Hank Hill befriends Jimmy Carter. Mm-hmm. And of course, course you know, with is. Hank Hill being very conservative, he hated him as a president, mm-hmm. but he meets Jimmy Carter and he's like a nice guy who lives on a farm and does charity work. And Yeah, he's a peanut farmer. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Remember the guy who, uh, this was several weeks ago, got on C-SPAN and started ripping on Todd Young and actually popped out the Duke of Spendingburg reference. That's right. Remember that guy we played it on the show? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he called, and uh, he makes some good points. Uh, I know I'm a little late to this, maybe a month late or so, but uh, I got to say, I did not expect to hear my uh, call being played on your show. Uh, I actually found out about this much later on. I think it was around a week after I said it, uh, because I didn't hear it on the air at the time. I had a bunch of family members telling me I was on the air. I'm like, oh, I'm not. You're full of it. But uh, I was. And I got to say, I am uh, honored to have been played on the air. Hopefully I can uh, help Hoosiers everywhere, uh, you know, see that, you know, you get the government you deserve. No party is going to help you out. You've got to vote on the individuals, not the party. And, uh, you know, I hope I can be that kind of servant for years to come. You know, I may run for governor myself. Who knows? Uh, Certainly I love – certainly I think – uh, this has helped, and uh, I had had the whole mindset of trust no one, but, you know, I can say this to everyone listening and really anyone in general. If you're going to vote, you got to vote for the person, not the party. And unfortunately, some people just do not learn how to do that, and I hope I can help all those. Well, if he's going to run for yeah. governor, he should say his name. Yeah, well, I think he did at the beginning, and okay. I was trying to, because it was like a two-minute phone call, and I had to chop it down. Mm-hmm. Um, I think running on a Duke of Spendingburg platform, <laughs> anti-Duke of Spendingburg platform, mm-hmm. uh, would be phenomenal. And by the way, if you're calling the hotline, if you uh, have something negative to say about Todd Young, there's probably a very good chance you will end up on this radio show. <laughs> that goes to the front of the yeah, line. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, okay. Remember uh, yesterday, you had played some sort of inaudible wailing from Dolly Parker. What was it? Olivia Newton-John had recorded a duet, oh, yes. a duet with uh, Dolly Parton before yeah. she passed, yeah. and it was just released. And it, was, it was pretty good, too. I, I thought it was good, too. It was a little bit more rocking than the original. Yeah. And, uh, they obviously both have beautiful voices. Remember that line in Dumb and Dumber where he asked the guy, you want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? <laughs> Yeah. Yes, I remember that. Uh, it's uh, weird that you guys would think that sounds really good. Uh, <laughs> and by the way, I think Dolly Parton is just a very is a very nice philanthropic charitable person, mm-hmm. and 
everybody's entitled to like whatever wretched music that they uh, you don't you don't like country music at all yeah right? and you know what Kevin and I have had this conversation Rob yeah. we, we think we need to have a uh, an intervention with you oh about thank this. you because you like the singer songwriter and there are a lot of current country music artists who I think would fit right in that area all that music yeah. sounds the same to me no I, a, I, I need to turn you on to some artists it's that, all it's, it's all it's very you know I'm a here's the thing Casey and I say this without a hint of arrogance whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I'm a thinking man's consumer of music. Right. And I need to be intellectually stimulated and challenged. Mm-hmm. That's why I like the singer and songwriter so much because much of their artistry is character mm-hmm. songs. Mm-hmm. And I put myself in the position of the character in the song and it really challenges me to think. And I don't think I would get that from country music. Yeah, a lot music. of old country music is like that. Yeah, but it's kind of it's kind of old. I don't know. It's, it's from that same era. I'm talking like music from the same era you you're talking about. <laughs> anyway, somebody called about Dolly Parton. Hey, Casey, this is your friend, neighborhood truck driver, and I was listening this morning, and I'd really appreciate it if you would uh, accumulate a hammer in your toolbox, sneak up behind Rob, and whack him in the head. <laughs> Who in their right mind would badmouth Dolly Parton? I, I'm I'm flabbergasted when when Rob's musical taste is so poor that he thinks that that fellow with the initials BS, whose middle name is Liberal, is good music. <laughs> please, please educate Rob. That that poor boy is is lost lost in the woods. So anyway, I'll still listen. I, you know. I can put up with Rob just to listen to Casey. So you guys be good. We'll see you. <laughs> you are lost. That is just the best phone call ever we've ever, ever, ever had. Well, ever. And I, he's so smart. And I can see how <laughs> the intellectual stimulation our truck driver friend there would get out of nine to five. I mean, those lyrics. I mean, they uh-huh. they cut. Uh huh. Uh-huh. They cut deep. Eleven Grammy awards. She is the most nominated female artist in the history of the oh, Grammys. Yeah. Dolly oh, sure. Jolene, is. Jolene. I going mean, that's at just it a since 1967. Gut-piercingly moving. Just a little moving bit of experience there, there. Casey, yeah, just gut-piercingly okay, moving. Okay, you, you need to investigate Chris Stapleton just a little bit more as the singer-songwriter in the country <sighs> field. But then go listen to A Rose in Paradise by Waylon Jennings and tell me if the lyrics don't get you on that one, Okay. You should listen to uh, Sturgill Simpson, too. He's a newer artist. Sturgill? What name is that from? 1838? Yeah, what sort he, of name is Sturgill? Well, he, he's from Kentucky, and I it's just a Kentuckian name, I guess. <laughs> we, can, we got one, one other phone call. Uh, someone with a theory on Nikki Haley's uh, reason she's running for president. Okay. Yeah, I'm Angelo. I'm the voice conservative in Carmel. Thanks for all. I'm putting on my chin... Temple had now because I think Nikki Haley was being asked by Trump to run to siphon off some votes that might go to Ron DeSantis. Mm-hmm. My opinion only. Goodbye. Yeah, that's exactly what we were saying yesterday. Same thing, that she's not really running for president. She's running for vice president. Her role is to take points away from Ron DeSantis. She'll pull out of the race and propel Trump to the top, and then he'll give her the nod. All right, Kev, before we go to break, uh, some guy in the YouTube chat says I should listen to Mike and the Moon Pies. 
and I'm so intrigued by that name, I am demanding that you pay, play some Mike and the Moon Pies on the bumper music when we come back. Uh-huh. I don't even care what it is. I just it's Mike and the Moon Pies. I like it. Cameron's going to join us next. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Well, I've been sitting here drinking my standard dog. It's the Kendall and Casey show. 1048. Is this the Moon Pie Band or what? What's yeah, this is uh, Mike and the Moon Pies. Mike and the Moon Pies. This was a uh, suggestion by someone in the chat. Mm-hmm. All right, Hammer. Big game tonight. IU on the road at Michigan State. We never know what IU team we're going to get. I mean, they should have lost that game against Illinois. Illinois gave the, gave the game away. They lost the game before that against Northwestern. They beat Purdue. IU is getting three points tonight. You're the betting expert. What what do we do with this? Man, as much as I want Indiana to win this game, I think I'm going to take the Rob Kendall route of betting to where you would always bet against the Mm -hmm. Bears because at the end of the night, you're always going to be happy. Either you've won a bet or your team won. Um, So I feel like this is a Michigan State game. Tonight is the first home game Mm -hmm. in East Lansing since the shooting. So there's going to be a little extra buzz, a little extra juice. It's going to be an emotional night in East Lansing. And they're tough in that joint anyway. Tom Izzo at home usually has those guys ready to go. IU's had problems on the road. So I'm going to lay the three with Michigan State. I'll lay three points. I'll take Michigan State. And either way, at the end of the night, I'll be happy. Yeah, IU's got two players. And I got to say, it's kind of boring watching a team with two players. I mean, at least until their other point guard, Johnson, gets back. Because there's two guys, Hood Shafino and Trace Jackson Davis. And the other three guys that are on the floor at any given time, they I don't, I'm not sure they would start on the overwhelming majority of teams in the Big Ten. Right. And, Rob, you've been an IU fan for a long time. I think your old man has. come back! (laughs) Have you ever seen a player take a team on his back and just carry them the way Trace Jackson Davis has done with this team? Because there have been probably better players, certainly better teams. Like, you look at Calvert Chaney, but Calvert Chaney had good players still around him. Yeah, and if Matt Nover just hadn't taken that money in blue chips, (laughs) think about how things might have been different. And he got a tractor, too. Let's not forget that he got a tractor. His his was a bag of cash on the front porch and a tractor for his dad. Uh, Now, I was not alive in 1981. I think, like, you know, maybe Isaiah Thomas might be in the realm there. IU fans, I'm sure older fans are shouting at me names we're not remembering. But 87 total team effort, even though Steve Alford was a, you know, a great player. 76, obviously, he had, you know, just a roster of stacked players. Uh, and you mentioned, you know, Calvert. No, I don't think you'd have to say this is one of the great performances in IU history. You take Trace off this Indiana team, they maybe have five or six wins. Yeah. Like, that's how good he's been and how much he's carried this team. And by the way, you can hear that game tonight, uh, pregame at 8, tip-off at 9, here at 93 WIBC. John Herrick and the gang will have the pregame, fish on the call at 9. You know, I've thought this for a while, and I've thought this about the Colts, too. They ought to let 
just one game like us broadcast the game. Like Hammer and Rob just call the game, see what happens. It's not the Wish Foundation. It's a major, major production. Like the best in the business. Fish has been doing it for 50 years, and he's awesome. It's fine. I've got plenty of play-by-play experience. Uh, you, I feel like, could fill in all the uh, the dead air. It'd be great. So, Casey, let me make sure I've got this right. In mm-hmm. the last 30 minutes, mm-hmm. Rob is making a case that he should be part of the IU radio network and work from home. Yes, exactly. What the hell? You got that right. Where's the work ethic? Come on, kid. <laughs> he's very confused. My question for you, Hammer, is, you know, Izzo, he's got uh, the students back in the Breslin Center, and like you mentioned, it's the first home game post that shooting that they had on campus. So he's got a balance between normalcy and remembering the students. So how how do they do that? And how does that affect IU coming into that situation? I think sometimes crowds at home in the Big Ten can carry their teams through when they hit rough patches. Mm -hmm. We saw that Saturday with Indiana. It was an early tip-off, started at noon, and IU was flat. They looked like crap against Illinois, who did not have their best player. And there were times where the crowd just lifted them up, picked them up, made some noise. You know, they cut it to eight, they cut it to six, they cut it to three, and the crowd's in it the whole way. I think you're going to see that from the very beginning tonight. Michigan State's not very good, certainly by their standards, not very good this year, but that's going to be a tough environment for Indiana tonight. All right, uh, political question. We're going to start the next hour with this. We started the show with this. Uh, I posted over at Robin Kendall on Twitter. You can see it pinned at the top there that our friends down there at the General Assembly, who only work four days a week and they only work three months out of the year, uh, they're proposing in the new budget. Fr- Fridays off. Uh, Fridays off, yes, yeah. uh, and Saturdays and Sundays. Yeah. They're proposing giving themselves one and a half million dollars in raises that comes out to about fifteen thousand dollars per member of the house how are you feeling about that hammer that uh you're getting nothing for your property tax relief but those guys boy they found a million and a half dollars for their uh for their salary increases feels like i picked the wrong profession yeah you did like <laughs> we get paid pretty well but man imagine being that bad at your job and getting a fifteen thousand dollar raise yeah no not all of them are that bad but boy some of them are <laughs> Like, it's weird because there's no tier of success here. Like, if you've authored so many bills, okay, maybe you should get a little bit more. But everybody's getting the same amount here, right? Is that what I understand? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, basically, we try to do an average. I'm sure there'll be leadership bumps or whatever. Right. It's just like regular people are suffering. Your wife works. You work. You're about to put a kid through college. You got another kid who will probably get a take-over-the-world scholarship. (laughs) So that, that one will be fine. But it's like... How do you look regular people in the face and go, nothing for you, $15,000 for me, thank you, have a nice day? And if you're going to tell me we've got this big surplus, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, then reward the people with it a little bit. I understand you don't want to deplete it just in case there's an emergency. What if there's an Ohio-type situation with the derailment? You should always have a little bit, but the amount that the state of Indiana has is insane. And also, I'd like to find out a little bit more about the general fund. (laughs) Now, for those who don't know what the general fund is, (laughs) this is kind of the big basket, the big kitty, if you will, where a lot of different things go into. To the one of the biggest parts of that is sports betting money. Mm-hmm. So when the state of Indiana legalized sports betting, the general fund is where a lot of this money goes to. And we were promised roads made out of oh, gold yes. and <laughs> yeah. the finest buildings. Everybody was going to have the best meats and cheeses. Oh, and- yes. You know why they call it the general fund, right? 
it can be generally manipulated for whatever pet project we want it to go towards. Uh, we'll get into that more top of next hour. Uh, I'll tell a general fund story top of next hour on how awful the general fund is. What's coming up today? Uh, Tony Kennett filling in for Big Nige, and we'll talk more about what's happening at the Indiana State House. Thanks, Hammer. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. This is your last chance. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.